Welcome to the Parenting in the Digital Age podcast. Many parents are concerned that their child might be falling behind. Others are just looking for ways to help their children thrive, not just in the classroom, but socially and well into their future careers. Each episode, we explore the challenges facing parents in the modern world, from behavior, education, and nutrition, to device and gaming addiction. We interview a range of leaders in the area of childhood development to help you successfully navigate parenting in the digital age. Here is your host, Jamie Buttigieg. Hello, parents. Uh, Welcome to another episode. Uh, It's Jamie here, and I've got Jill Avery Henderson, who is an empowerment educator and igniter for teens, young adults, and families. And in the last 30 years, she's created some multiple award-winning empowerment businesses. Now, the cornerstone of Jill's success is her innate ability to illuminate new paths, possibilities, and fresh perspectives for others. Jill also holds a bachelor's and master's in communications. She's a mother of two young adults, a certified hypnotherapist, Reiki instructor, Iron Man, and an animal advocate. Wow, that is impressive. Now, in this episode, we will be exploring youth empowerment and healthy family relationships. But Jill, before we t- touch on any of that, why don't you share with our listeners, uh, in your own words, what you do, what you're passionate about, and uh, what led you to this point? Well, thank you for having me first, Jamie. This is such a wonderful show, so I'm so excited to be here. Uh, I'm an empowerment uh, educator of teens, young adults, and parents, or really families. And uh, it's something that I was, I would like to say that I was just born with because I have always been excited about getting people. I can kind of zero in on their potential and get that untapped to be kind of wide open and get them really to step into their lives, kind of leaning into it and facing forward. And it's just, it's been something that I've always done kind of naturally. So what a wonderful thing for me to be able to do as I've evolved in my life to keep on doing it. So that's that, that is wonderful. Now, on your website, uh, in my pre-podcast research, I, I took a look around and you talk yeah. a lot about empowerment. Uh, can you explain what that means to you for our listeners? Yeah, I think that's a really good question because empowerment means a lot of different things to different people. For me and people who know me, empower is the dynamic duo, which is taking your desire and your discipline and making that being kicked into action you are responsible 100% for the quality of your life. And that's what I believe. The 10 most powerful two-letter words that I was taught when I was eight years old, if it is to be, it is up to me. I live and breathe that, and that's what I bring to the people that I work with is that, you know, you can't be looking outside for help. You have to look right inside to make any change. So that's, that's what I'm all about, the desire and discipline. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, almost self-accountability, isn't it? Oh, 100%. That's right. There's no one to blame. You can't be like looking over your shoulder and nope, it always goes back to you. Yeah, most definitely. Now, I'm a little curious, was there a particular defining moment in your life that made you commit to a life of empowering teens, young adults and families? Because you do that also. Yes, I, uh, you know, I am a mom of two and they are young adults now, a 24 year old son and a 21 year old daughter. And so they have launched into their adulthood. Um, But when they were in high school is when I started noticing the ecosystem of the kids uh, at their school, walking to school, riding their bikes to school. And it was this complete uh, layer of depression 
their body language was their shoulders were down, their backpacks. They, there was absolutely no joy. I didn't see any joy. And I just remember, I mean, I'm, I'm almost 58 years old. So I was back high school back in the early 80s. And uh, it was kind of a joyful time. I know it's a completely different world. But when I saw that layer of depression and I heard about the suicide rate of being, at that time, it was the third leading cause of death in, in the United States. Um, and now it's the second leading cause of death in ages 10 to 24. So when I started learning about what was going on, the anxiety, the depression, the self-harm, the suicide ideation, I said to myself, you know, I've done it almost for 30 years, empowered people. But I said, when my last child graduated from high school, I was going to find a solution or at least be a part of the solution to contribute. And that's when I dedicated, I just stopped doing everything and just put my whole life into empowering teens, young adults, and making sure that the parents are on board. Because if the parents aren't on board with it, if there's not that alignment, hard to to make things happen. Yeah, yeah. And um, th this may follow on from that. So in your work, you talk about a health crisis that's impacting our youth. Can you describe what that is and you know what you believe to be the main cause or culprit? Yes, um, it's really quite uh, it, it's really quite concerning, and it's uh, we need to talk about it. A lot of people, it's very uncomfortable. Parents feel like they're failing if they're if they talk about their children are struggling, and the bottom line is it's an epidemic of what we are seeing of the anxiety, the stress related stress related disorders. Um, I actually work with a lot of doctors because it's been since COVID, even pre COVID we've had, it was an epidemic. COVID just absolutely blew everything out of the water. And the doctors that I have been working with, the cardiologists, the rheumatologists, the nephrologists, they said it's profound devastation of what's happened to our youth during, um, during COVID. And it was already not so great. Kids struggling. This, and I, I believe the culprit is technology. That's one of the biggest culprits is we're in the age of technology. We're in the age of connecting with our devices. We are losing our social skills. We're losing the face-to-face -face time that we spend together, how to develop relationships. It's all about doing selfies and being online and connecting in a way that is not real. And kids, they feel lost. They don't feel connected. And if you look, if you go anywhere, a restaurant, an airport, I don't care where you are, everyone is looking down, right? Everyone is looking down. And I, technology is, it's not the only culprit, but is the main culprit that has changed in the last 25 years, for sure. That's, everyone has, I mean, I see two-year-olds scrolling through their phones. I see four-year-olds already knowing how to program the phones. I mean, and I'm not being funny. I mean, this is, this is serious stuff. They were born with technology in their hands. And if we know anything about the brain, which I, I do, is... The brain develops on how it's used. So we're using our brain in a very different way. Are the teenagers, they've grown up with only, I, I would say under the age of 25, with technology a part of their everyday life. And um, we're seeing, because we can study the live brain now with technology, that our brains, the teen brain is very different. And we have to be very careful with this technology and learn how to put boundaries on it. And it's tough because addiction is a business. I'm addicted. Yeah. Yeah. I'm addicted. So, you know, we have to figure this out together. 
Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting that the conversation's gone down this path. As you know, I'm associated with Skill Samurai, who are the sponsors of the show also, and we we work very hard. Um, where we we teach business, we teach kids coding. That's our our business effectively. How to, but but one of the things that we pride ourselves on, and certainly is part of our mission, the, the, the four parts of our mission, is to help kids build a healthy relationship with technology. Yes. And uh, and as parents, uh, I'm a parent of four, and uh, uh, we str- I struggle, you know, even even being in this business and trying to make a difference, much like yourself, uh, I struggle to um, find that healthy balance. And we had a really interesting conversation uh, a couple of weeks ago with Sheila DiGatardi. She's a, a specialist in this. And I'm going to ask you the same question. We're going off script a little bit here, but uh, I asked her what she felt was, is there a right age to introduce technology to kids? Uh, and uh, just, you know, what is your general view or sense on this topic? Oh, gosh. And there's no right or wrong. I'm not, I'm not trying to yeah, uh, steer no. you one way or the other. Yes, no, it's, it's, a, it's actually a really good question that I think is going to have a lot of different answers because I think depending on the maturity of that child, um, what kind of technology you're talking about, I, it's almost hard not to have kids be introduced because they feel that they are, um, you know, it's that whole FOMO, fear of missing out, and everything is done online now, right? Teachers, you know, Facebook groups for the kids, all the projects are done on on, on their, their laptops. Everything is really geared toward technology. So that's a really, I don't know if I even really have an answer because, um, I would want to wait as long as possible and to kind of stair-step it because I actually believe that we don't need, okay, this is, let's just go with phones for technology. I'm not talking about computers. I don't believe that kids should have phones at school. I think that um, it should be in their locker. Maybe they can, may, may at some point they can have access to it, but we, the kids have lost connection. They have lost the ability to learn how to socialize. If they're uncomfortable, they just grab their phone, you know, and they, they don't have to go meet people to go have lunch with. They can just, you know, be so terrified and live in their fear that they'll just go play a game. They'll just pretend yeah. that they're on Instagram. They'll just, they'll do whatever to, to avoid having eye contact and having these social skills that, you know, life is about people. Life is about relationships. So I know I'm all over the map because about the technology question, yeah. but I, you know what, I'm going to have to process that and really think about that because I just think the longer that we can wait or that we can instill boundaries at a very young age that we can, it can start evolving and opening up as they become a little bit more responsible and a little bit more skilled at life skills of self-competence versus you know, technology competent. Yeah, you're right. And, and this isn't an easy question for parents and, and we're all wrestling with this. And yes. one of the things that came out of that last conversation was it's, it's sometimes less about when you introduce it, but how you introduce it. And you mentioned stepping it and that's, that's an important part of technology introduction. Uh, but, you know, it's also as a parent being more active in that technology, uh, in the device usage. So if you're going to introduce a tablet or a computer or a piece of technology or a game or an app to a young child, it's perhaps taking a greater interest and in doing something that involves interaction with you that is also social, combines that social aspect. 
And that's one of the things we do very hard, try very hard to do in our learning centers is, you know, teach kids what's behind the technology. So rather than being consumed by that game and being uh, constantly addicted to the game, we teach them to be curious and teach them to understand the languages and what, what's gone behind that game or that piece of technology or that app or that robot to, to, to develop or build that. And so we think that uh, um, helping them understand that and how we introduce them to that technology is fundamentally more important than when we do that. So yeah. it's, uh, it's something that we'll continue to discuss, no doubt, throughout uh, uh, our, our adult lives. Um, yeah. yeah, so go, to, go ahead. Yeah, just to add one thing to that, that, you know, we get one childhood. That's it. And you're an adult for the remainder of your life. And these kids are going to have so many more opportunities to to learn uh, different parts of the technology and what to do with it. And I just believe that we should focus on giving children far more time, downtime, to be outside, to connect with Mother Nature, to, to be away from devices. Because in school, they already have the devices in the schools. They have computer labs and whatnot but to really get them to want to connect and learn how to make friends and learn how to be connected to their parents and understand their family values and all of these things so they have that strong foundation. So when they start getting introduced to technology and coding and you know um, video game creation or whatever it may be, um, that they already have a solid foundation of you know, knowing how to be caring and compassionate and curious and imaginative and inventive and, and, and being giddy and giggly and having, having that childhood because you just can never, ever recapture that. So I, I want them to have fun and frolic and, and to, be, to be imaginative without having to have a, a computer or a phone to do so, right? It's like, yeah. I mean, I'm probably much older than you, but think about back in the day on you know, family car trips, traveling across the country or traveling, you know, there was nothing, you know, you roll down the window and, you know, there was no, you didn't have music in your ears. You barely had the radio and you just looked outside or, you know what, you were bored. And my mom always said, you know, encourage boredom because when you, when you do that, you really have to think, let your mind do something else. So those are my beliefs is getting back to the basics. So, yeah. Yeah, that's important. And and it, it's almost like the, the cards are stacked against parents in that case because if we try and withhold that technology, and I, and I know and speak to many parents who uh, don't introduce technology until the kids are much older, but then there's this almost social isolation or social anxiety that occurs because their friends have it and they're almost socially outcast. You know, yeah. why don't you have it? You know, and then there's this other stress and this other pressure that mounts on these children because they don't have access to it and their parents are trying very hard to do the right thing and do all those things. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's a, there's no there's no easy answer and we've got a, a certainly a tough road and long road ahead of us. Um, one question I wanted to ask, uh, we, we try and also incorporate a practical aspect to what, you know, what we give out on these podcasts. And, um, you know, you've got a lot of experience in parenting and empowerment programs for both uh, youth and parents and families. Uh, but what's one thing or, you know, maybe it could be a couple of things, but what's one thing you tell our parent listeners that could, you know, perhaps that instantly help their relationship with their kids? 
So I would say, yeah, the one thing is the tough one thing, but I would say maybe three things that kind of go together is to really evolve, to really embrace the evolving, the ever evolving role that you and uh, that you that you have in your child's life. It's it's ever evolving, it's ever changing, and really having that mindset to go from being their the authority and their manager into really wanting to turn that into because I'm talking about teen parents right now, teens and young adults. Yep is to be, you want to be more of an influencer of your, of your children's lives. You want them to, to hear what you have to say and to really actually take it into account. So going from manager to really being an influencer and just learn how to listen because kids, I don't care. Well, this doesn't even matter what age humans, when you really listen, I mean, truly listen. And that's a skill in itself is that you, people tell you exactly where they are and who they are at that moment. So it's really important to be a really good listener. Be the influencer. Don't be the authority. You already have that role of being the parent for the rest of your life. And to and to be really comfortable in shifting and morphing into that. And the last thing which I have incorporated, um, I first first do it to yourself before you do it to your family. But Ask yourself three questions, and you may you may already know this, Jamie. I, I I heard this years ago, and I use it with my relationship with my family, and well, actually with everybody in my life. Is I ask myself three questions before I respond. But right now, let's put it in the framework of of family relationships. So, parents out there, when you're frustrated, when you're fed up, when there's friction, when you're just exasperated, whatever it may be, ask yourself three things before you speak to your children or to your spouse. One, is it kind? Is it true? Is it necessary? When you ask yourself those three questions, is it true? Is it kind? Is it necessary? Nine times out of 10, you're not going to say anything because you're going to realize like, gosh, you know, if it hits one of those, you need to reframe it. You need to rework it. You baby need to take pause. But those three things really, really help a relationship like that. If, if you can just take pause, run that through your mind really quickly. Because often as parents, we just, we just want to, we just get it out. We, we, we react and, um, and we catch ourselves. So ask yourself those three questions. Is it true? Is it kind? Is it necessary? Before you respond. Yeah, that's a, a great lesson. Something you're right, I've heard, but uh, something I certainly do need to work harder to apply. So thank you oh, for the reminder. Try it. It works. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, okay, so here's a, a fun little question we like to ask all of our guests. And uh, if you could go back uh, in time and uh, talk to your 10-year-old self, what's perhaps one piece of advice that you would give yourself? Oh, my gosh. I loved my 10-year-old self. So carefree. I would say don't change too much. You're so so be have that inner child, that childlike self, but to really become skilled in self-care, in self-love, in putting your oxygen mask on first because we all have to understand the most powerful truth is that when we are well, the whole world benefits. So, I would say 
You've got everything. Life is an inside job. You have everything that you need with inside you. You just have to be skilled at your ever-evolving self. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's a great piece of advice. And uh, for those listeners that want to get in contact with you, how can they do that? Where can we find uh, Jill Avery oh Henderson God. online? You, I would love to be um, connect with me anytime. My, my website, you can easily contact me. It's um, lifelaunch.us. And you can email me, jill at lifelaunch.us. Feel free to contact me. I have different services, but it's all about empowerment and making sure that you know that you are in charge and you are responsible for the quality of your life. Absolutely, Jill. Um, we've got a couple of minutes left, so I'm going to ask sure. you, why don't you share with our listeners uh, a little bit about one of your most popular programs, one of your most favorite programs, perhaps, that you, you run there? Oh, my gosh. Well, there's there's two. So I, I really love teens and young adults, but the reason that I work with parents is because if you don't have the two of them together, it's just not really going to work out. So my program for my parents is my parent coaching course, which is phenomenal because it really helps parents understand themselves as people and it helps them build those life skills and those relationship skills with their kids for a lifetime. We're not talking about just for the summer or just because they're teens, but for a lifetime. So these kids want to come back and they have these great relationships. And then for my teens, I have a program called Go Big and big stands for um, blaze and greatness. And it's all about teaching kids how to really truly become self-competent, to become you know, the, the captains of their own, their own fate, to really know how to make wise decisions, to understand how to be you know, anything in life. It's, it's from interviewing skills to social skills, to healthy relationships, to, to know how to um, navigate almost any circumstance that has gone awry because life is messy. And kids need to understand everyday life skills in order to build that thriving life. So I call it Go Big. So those are two That's of my favorite programs. Thank you so much for sharing that, Jill. And uh, uh, above all else, thank you for your time and generosity today. I know I got a lot out of today's uh, podcast, so I know our, our listeners and our parents will do the same. Um, thanks again for your time. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for having me and keep doing what you're doing. I really appreciate it. And remember, when you're well, Jamie, your kids are even better. Absolutely. That's great advice. Thank you, Jill. And bye for now. Okay. See you later. If you enjoyed the show, please connect with Jamie on LinkedIn or Instagram. You'll find links in the podcast description. Parenting in the Digital Age is sponsored by Skill Samurai, coding and STEM academy for kids. Skill Samurai offers after-school coding classes and holiday programs to help kids thrive academically and socially while preparing them for the careers of the future. Visit skillsamurai.com.au.